Oh, what a fucking whirlwind of a week. My name is Ryan David. Thank you for tuning in. This week we did not have a full Nerd Cognito episode, and I completely own it. Uh, we had a death in the family. My wife's father passed away. And unfortunately, all of that was happening during our normal scheduled recording time. But thank goodness I can always count on one of my best friends in life. Hey, Bert, what's going on? Hey, Ryan. Uh, hope everything's going better. Yeah, yeah. They, she's actually up with her mother right now, you know. Um, her mother hasn't been alone since she was a teenager and has right. never le- lived alone. They've been married for 50 years, so it, it's a bit of an adjustment, and the boss is taking care of everything she needs to take care of. Uh, I think they actually, um, you know, thank goodness, no funeral, no viewing. They, they picked up the, the ashes today from the cremation. So uh, that's a little bit better. Dad's home, you know? Right, right. I mean, it's a, it's a rough situation. You know, my thoughts go out to your wife, and uh, hopefully, you know, things will settle down for you guys soon. Yeah, things are starting to to settle down. Um, I was talking to her today, and she said, you know, yesterday I thought it was a really good day. I didn't cry. And then they called me and said, Dad's ready to come home. And that was it. So, Wow. Uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those uh, situations that we all have to face sooner or later, but we don't like to talk about. So Right, exactly. What, what better to talk about than fucking fake television <laughs> for our Nano Nerd Cognito this week? I forced you to watch Strange New Worlds. <laughs> you did force me to watch Strange New Worlds. <laughs> I've been trying to twist your arm gently, but I, I, I admittedly, I'm, I'm a little behind on Strange New Worlds. And this week, while I was trying to decompress myself uh, late one evening, I decided to throw on the old Star Trek machine. And I sat back and watched... The Elysium Kingdom, episode eight in Strange New Worlds. And it made me want to hold the pieces of my skull in place because I was rather disappointed with the episode. Now, now here's, a, here's a little backstory and some disclosure for you. Bert has not watched episodes one through seven. So without giving Bert spoilers... I pretty much told Bert, hey, you know, Dr. Mbenga, who is the lead protagonist in this particular episode, has been building up one of the more interesting and, I think, compelling character hooks that we've seen in Strange New Worlds in that he has a young daughter, looks to be about age, oh, seven to ten that has terminal leukemia of some space variety that, of course, cannot be cured. So Mbenga's solution to this problem is he is keeping her in the medical transporter pattern buffer and pretty much preserving her and freezing her in time as he works on a cure. And this has been a recurring theme throughout almost the entire first season. In, in some capacity, in almost every episode, there has been that touching father-daughter moment with Mbanga and the little girl in the transporter. So, as I watched 
episode eight, and I guess we should say, if you haven't watched episode eight, you probably want to stop listening until after you have watched episode eight. Three. Yes, yes. As the map says, two, here there be monsters and there be spoilers one, ahead. Spoilers, right. There, there be spoilers ahead. So you've been warned. So as I watched episode eight, which in and of itself, I think, was the weakest episode in Strange New Worlds. It was definitely the holodeck episode of the first season, quite literally. Um, you know, an extra-dimensional, disembodied, omniscient being living in a nebula has pseudo-transformed the ship. And by pseudo-transformed, I mean we're throwing back to, like, TOS-era set design where it's the fucking set with like plants on it (laughs) you saw it bert like uh, i did i did and it it might have been an intentional choice as a nod to the original series but i thought it was cheesy and bad you know things evolve for a reason anyway uh this extra dimensional entity magically puts all of the players on the enterprise in the role of a character from the fairy tale that Dr. Mbenga reads his transporter imprisoned daughter. How am I doing so far on the recap, Bert? Fair. I mean, that's uh, that's what I took away from it. All right. So, so take us from there so that I can jump in screaming and kicking my feet at the appropriate moments. Okay. So uh, Dr. Mbenga is, and he's the only one other than an engineer that is not um, affected who, by the way, is my second favorite character in the series. Really? The the blind Andorian is yes. your second favorite character? Yes. Okay. So the um, they're the only two that aren't affected by the sort of overwriting of reality. Everybody else is a character from the children's story that he was reading to his daughter. And they are embodying the character from the story. And they have no recollection of who they are. They are literally the character from the story. The entity has corrupted their minds. Right. Basically overwritten their reality and they're basically living out a story. So the doctor um, has to play out the story, at least initially. He believes he has to play out the story to its conclusion to try to find out what happened. He has to play along and play his role as the king in the story and move things forward in order to try to find out what's going on. Right. Basically. So he's living through this storybook story. Right. And there's the conflict from the fairy tale. Okay. Mbanga has to defeat the evil queen uh, using some sort of rare artifact called, it was, it was equi- the equivalent of the philosopher's stone, right? What was right. it? The, the mercury, mercury stone. stone. It was called the mercury stone. You might as well call it, you know, the MacGuffin device. Right. So, long story short, we defeat the evil queen and catch her in a trap. I don't want to give too much away because it's really not important. It was one of the more fun parts of of the story. And we realize that the entity, you know, it took them this long to figure this out that the entity was creating the illusion and that the entity was communicating with the daughter in the transport buffer. Right. You know, basically they, um, the entity claims it was drawn to her loneliness and that it created this 
um, story for her so that she would be happy. Right. <laughs> so, you know, all two lonely souls drawn together and Amanga has to make the impossible decision of do I reset everything and put my daughter back in the transporter or do I give my daughter up to the entity and of course in all of five minutes Mbanga decides that he's going to let the daughter make her choice she chooses to become one with the entity flashy CGI and special effects ensue and she disappears into the entity right there is where the first explosion in my head happened. <laughs> okay. And, and possibly, if you were listening to my setup for this nano episode, you know why. Mbanga, outside of being the ship's doctor in Strange New World, had zero character development that was not related directly to his daughter in the transporter pattern buffer. They whisked her away in a blink of an eye and the snap of a finger and destroyed, I think, one of the most compelling and emotionally attached hooks that any of the characters had. So this gets compounded by literally 10 seconds later, adult version of Mbenga's daughter pops in. By the way, not even a hot chick. Pretty fugly looking adult version of, a, of a, what was a very cute little girl. <laughs> and Only you, Ryan. Uh, Only the you. whole time I'm looking at it, I'm like, I hate this fucking story. Could they have not cast a hotter bitch for this role? I, I really did. I mean, Mr. Ed. <laughs> anyway. Oh, Daddy, thank you so much. Oh, how are you, my daughter? Oh, it's been just seconds for you, but it's been a lifetime for me. I can't thank you enough for putting me with Deborah. Who the fuck is Deborah? Oh, that's mom. I named her after mom. Okay, I'm going back into the entity. The end. Goodbye. Am, am, am I just emotionally attuned this week because of my personal circumstance, Bert? Or do I have a bitch here? That they well, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I, I mean, I think that partly you do have some, you got some emotional things going on this week. So, you know, yeah, but it, I don't uh, have emotions. Read Twitter. They tell me that every day. <laughs> I will admit that, you know, Star Trek has a history of bad episodes. Sa- well, bad episodes, <laughs> miraculous saves, and especially this format, overriding reality. There was the casino episode from TNG. Terrible. The imaginary friend episode from TNG. Terrible. There was uh, anything to do with Q in uh, TNG. Uh, okay, you got me there. Fucking the, uh, love Q. But here's the difference. Q was not resolving and destroying characters in a single episode. As much as Q fucked with Picard, there wasn't a coup de gras fuck with. And as evidenced by season two of Picard. Right? The uh, uh well, yeah. I mean the, there was also the miraculous cure of Odo, the wormhole aliens from TNG, like or from Deep Space Nine. But those were Even- those were single shots, right? They weren't 
connected to a character that was built through the establishment of a series. Even the Odo line didn't destroy Odo. Mm. I, I guess I have an issue with there's nothing else. Umbenga is a nameless, faceless ship doctor moving forward. Okay, let's just jump forward and bring on McCoy. I mean, even the original series had encounters with Apollo, the uh, gunfight at the OK Corral, like the overriding reality by uh, severely, even, uh, what was the episode with Pike? The Cage, right? Yeah, yeah, The Cage. But, you know, overriding reality by hyper-intelligent aliens is kind of a staple of the Star Trek universe. I guess I don't have a problem with that had... Okay, the Mercury Stone been anything other than the defining characteristic of Mbanga. And and maybe I enjoyed the Mbanga arc more than, you know, my sociopathic self likes to admit. Maybe I do. I'm a real boy after all. I do have feelings. And, and maybe I, I, I don't know, connected somehow with that father-daughter thing. But that really is all he had going. And now it's gone. And I think it's not the all-powerful alien waving a hand and making it go away. They could have done that with the episode and still had a craptastic Star Trek episode that would not have made my brain explode. (laughs) The resolution of pretty much ripping the soul of the character out. Literally, I have nothing to care about the Doctor anymore. Zero. Uh, that's, That's just my thing. Now... I am curious, Bert, if you will feel differently when you have the other seven episodes under your belt. It's possible. I mean, you know, a uh, a story arc that spans several episodes, you know, that can make it connect more than a single episode resolution like we got here. You know, you said that Omega didn't have anything other than being a doctor and being his daughter. But if you think about, you know, if this is supposed to be the Enterprise before Kirk, what did McCoy have other than being a doctor. McCoy had that whole southern, you know, I, I wanted to say foul mouth, but not foul mouth. But if they wrote it today, it would totally be the <laughs> southern, right, right, foul mouthed, good old country doc. Um, he had personality traits. He had connections. When you go into the films. You got to see both sides of the coin, the curmudgeonly old doc and the funny curmudgeonly old doc. Um, <laughs> but no, you're, you're absolutely right. And again, until we were able to, there was one of the original series episodes and I'm not deep enough into my Star Trek fandom. Yes, I've gone to conventions, but no, <laughs> I'm not the norm there. Um, remember when McCoy had the love interest story? Yes. That one, um, the time traveler started to, I guess, develop McCoy a little bit more. And again, television in the format back then was very different. A lot of the characters were interchangeable parts and that was just how it was. This is a pseudo episodic uh, stab at Star Trek and very much in line with what modern television should be and is producing now. You know, I know I'm going to make enemies with that because people, eh, I hate new Trek. Yeah, shit changes. I get it. But for for the better, we have character development now. So uh, true. that's sort true. of where I'm at. And I can see that. I mean, the 
the actors, I think, did fa- did fairly well in their roles. I mean, the actor who plays Pike as the Chamberlain was kind of irritating to me for a while, but I think Umbanga that's what the character the- was supposed to be, right? <laughs> right. That's I do love Anson Mount as Pike. I I think that he is spectacular as as Pike, and I hope when I have a couple more years on me, I know he's not that much older than me, but I'm still young and 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 I turn that lovely silvery gray that someone can do beautiful things with my hair like they do. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, well, okay. You weren't as irritated as I was with it. Uh, it's okay. Overall, I mean, looking, looking at it and comparing it, because I am a huge Trek fan. Up until, like, Enterprise, I had seen everything Star Trek through the end of Enterprise. Sure. I, I didn't see Picard or uh, you know, Strange New Worlds or Lower Decks, which are some of the things that you twit me about because I'm a Star Trek fan. But if, comparing it to the older series that I'm familiar with, the premise is not unusual. The episode itself, though, didn't seem very strong. No, no. It, like, it, if I were to give this episode to someone as an example of, hey, you got to watch this show, uh, not a good choice of episode. And, and it was... Admittedly, as someone that has watched now the entire first season, but at that point up through that episode, um, it is the weakest, in my opinion, episode of of the entire first season. So, oh well, we'll we'll have to we'll have to get back together after you finish the first season. If it's not, you know, by the time the second season comes out, <laughs> um, there there's one other. Uh, very pivotal and significant storyline that I think probably deserves a nano or a segment on the full show. But uh, okay, that's it. Please tell us what you thought about episode eight in Strange New Worlds. Are you siding with Bert saying, you know, this is typical Star Trek fare and we've always had these big sweeping supernatural, for lack of a better term, sort of processes going on or are you siding with me saying you know you totally ass fucked the character of mbenga so there's there's hey i left no middle ground on that one bird <laughs> yeah um, i mean uh, now if you i'm all caught up on orville but you're not an i fan. will not watch the orville yeah i can't do it i tried i tried Nope, Seth MacFarlane makes me want to stab my eyeballs with ice picks. <laughs> Fair can't, enough. Can't do it. Can't do it. Well, if you're not stabbing your eyeballs with ice picks, hopefully you are checking out your monitor on the device that you are listening to our show on right now. You're going to that podcast provider of your choice, and you are making sure that you have subscribed to Nerd Cognito, because if you didn't, you wouldn't be hearing this nano right now. You'd just be saying, oh, those guys are on break. That Ryan David, he's such a cock. I'll bet you he's on a beach just, you know, ogling women or something, instead of figuring out that, you know, shit happened, and the best we could do was crank out a nano. In fact, um, I think it was pretty good nano, and... uh, if not for the events of this week, we might never have touched on this subject. So like, subscribe, retweet, share, do all that social media bullshnaz that we like you to do because we certainly appreciate you getting the word out. And if you have something to say 
about what we had to say on this nano episode. Perhaps you agree, disagree, or are somewhere in the middle. Give us a call on the Nerd Cognito hotline, 323-694-4242. Leave us a message, shoot us a text, and give us your opinion. 323-694-4242. If you prefer that email thing, you can email us at nerdcognitopodcast at gmail.com. But that's it. That's our quick take on what I think was a real downer all the way around, not only for the first season of Strange New Worlds, but for the character of Mbenga and for just how good things were up until that point. But again, feel free to disagree with us. My name is Ryan. I was joined by Bert. Thanks again, Bert, for jumping in midweek on this one. No problem, Ryan. We will talk to you again next time. Be safe out there, everybody. 